Today is Be Kind to Your Pineal Gland Day. Yeah, that's right. It's a day where we think about all the wonderful things our pineal gland does for us. It helps us sleep, process memories, provide stimuli for our imaginations, and lastly, it may be the seat of our soul. That is the topic of this episode of the Urantia Radio Podcast. I'll tell you an interesting story. So yesterday afternoon after I was getting off of work, and sometimes what I do is I go outside, and I haven't been outside all day, and I just kind of take it in the sunshine and the, and the nice breeze. We had a nice breeze going on. And for some unknown reason, which I didn't question at the moment, I started thinking about the reality of the fact that the spirit, thought adjuster spirit, the fragment of God is, is in us, as we are taught in the Arantia book. And I gave thought, just a fleeting thought, to this idea that the physical reservoir in which this thought adjuster fragment spirit of God resides. It's uh, referred to as the citadel of the mind somewhere. I'll have to find that quote. But I gave thought to the fact that that is a physical reservoir where the spirit is, is must be housed. That's my thought because of, of the fact that there would have to be somewhere physically where this spiritual entity resides it doesn't just i couldn't imagine the the physicality of it something being external to the body and there would be a no other organ where you would naturally want to put such a fragment if such a fragment were to be part of the human experience and it's our communique and uh and so all of this is going in my mind this is what happens when you step outside and get some sunshine so then lo and behold, I go back into my computer and I, I see an email from a, a person who listens to the Urantia Radio podcast. And they said, hey, I just posted this thing on Truthbook on the pineal gland. Now, at the moment that I was contemplating outside about this spirit reservoir, I, I knew it was the pineal gland that I was thinking about. But it wasn't until I saw the email and again, I saw the email five minutes later. And I thought that was a weird connection. So I went on Tr Truth Book and there uh, the, the gentleman had written a, a question about what he thought the pine pineal gland was and if that is the place where the spirit resides. So isn't that interesting, that sort of correlation of events? So it got me to read the paper that he was referring to, which is paper 49. And it's about the evolutionary will creatures. And I want to say as a preface that I've come to the realization, maybe it's just my own opinion, that the Urantia book is as much a revelation as it is a preparatory document. It is a roadmap to the future, and it specifically, for our sakes, outlines the path of universe ascension, literally. It tells us where we go from place to place to place, and it tells us exhaustively what happens in each of those places. Not everything is revealed, but enough of it so that we, we get to understand the consistency of what they're presenting to us, which is, all things being equal, we live in a very dynamic living universe. It is growing. It is in movement. 
So I thought as a preparatory document, let me introduce you to the, the family of will creatures from paper 49, and then maybe we can delve into a little bit about the pineal gland because there's a section in this paper that talks about the brain type spirit reception types. So we're going to maybe jump to the spirit reception types, but let me first introduce you to the general uh, uh, the general description of the Arantia book as it talks about the evolutionary will creatures that end up inhabiting all of these, these planets uh, that surround us. So from paper 49, there are great difference uh, great differences between the mortals of the different worlds, even among those belonging to the same intellectual and physical types. But all mortals of will dignity are erect animals, bipeds. There are six. Now, many of you who aren't familiar with the Arantia book, you're hearing for the first time the description of what life might be like on other worlds with other kinds of people. What are the variations? What are the differences? What are the similarities? And there is a commonality, according to the Urantia book, as it just says, there are great differences between the mortals of different worlds, even among those belonging to the same intellectual and physical types. But all mortals of will dignity are erect animals, and they are upright, standing bipeds. So that is a trait. Uh, if you are in the family of God, that is a trait at least on the evolutionary level. They say there are six basic evolutionary races, three primary, red, yellow, and blue, and three secondary, orange, green, and indigo. Most inhabited worlds have all of these races, but many of the three-brained planets, that would be planets inhabited by uh, evolutionary world creatures who have three hemispheres, uh, some local systems also only have three three races. So we have six, or we had six. And for those who aren't familiar, the orange and green decimated themselves. The blue sort of got absorbed into the nodite and a lot of the yellow, and, uh, and then later the Adamic offspring. So we have now white, uh, yellow, and brown, people of color, but there's, it's an amalgamation of all of those six in addition to the Adamic and the Nodite influence. And the Nodites were really just repackaging of the Andonites, the early, the, the pre-colored race of men whose descendants live on down as the Eskimos. So that's just sort of a brief contextual insert it goes on to say the average special physical sense endowment of human beings is 12, though the special senses of the three brain mortals are extended slightly beyond those of the one and two brain types. You can see and hear considerably more uh, uh, than the Arantia races. So on worlds where there's three brain types, they can see more, they can hear more, they can do other things that we're not capable of doing. And that just means the extension of the light waves and, and sound waves, probably. They could he hear higher frequencies and lower frequencies. They can see higher uh, coloration, perhaps. They can see things, you know, in those uppers, light. Uh, that, that, to me, is hard to fathom how you could see more. But, you know, animals see more. There's certain animals that see perfectly in the dark. 
All right, so young are usually born singly, multiple births being the exception, and the family life is fairly uniform on all types of planets. Sex equality prevails on all the advanced worlds. That's good to know. Male and female are equal in mind endowment and and spiritual status. We do not regard a planet as having emerged from barbarism so long as one sex seeks to tyrannize, tyrannize over the other. Take note. The feature of creature experience is always greatly improved after the arrival of a material son and daughter, an Adam and Eve. Seasons and temperature variations occur on all sun-lighted and sun-heated planets. Agriculture is universal on all atmospheric worlds. Tilling the soil is the one pursuit that is common to the advancing races of all such planets. Mortals all have the same general struggles with microscopic foes in their earthly days, such as you now experience on Urantia, though perhaps not so extensive. The length of life varies on the different planets from 25 years on the primitive worlds to the to near 500 on the more advanced and older spheres. Human beings are all gregarious, both tribal and racial. The, these group segregations are inherent in their origin and constitution. Such tendencies can be modified only by advancing civilization and by gradual spiritualization. The social, economic, and governmental problems of the inhabited worlds vary in accordance with the age of the planets and to the degree to which they have been influenced by the successive sojourns of divine sons. Mind is the bestowal of the infinite spirit and functions quite the same in diverse environments. The mind of mortals is akin, regardless of certain structural and chemical differences which characterize the physical natures of the will creatures of the local systems. Regardless of personal or physical planetary differences, the mental life of all of these various orders of mortals is very similar, and their immediate careers after death are all very much alike. But mortal mind without immortal spirit cannot survive. The mind of man is mortal, only the bestowed spirit is immortal. Survival is dependent on spiritualization by the ministry of the adjuster, on the birth and evolution of the immortal soul. At least there must not have developed an antagonism towards the adjuster's mission of affecting the spiritual transformation of the material mind. So, this next section, the planetary series of mortals, goes on to say, it will be somewhat difficult to make an adequate portrayal of the planetary series of mortals because you know so little about them and because there are so many variations. Mortal creatures may, however, be studied from numerous viewpoints, among which are the following, and then they go through seven of these, adjustment to planetary environment, brain type series, spirit reception series, planetary mortal epics, creature worship series, serials, adjuster fusion series, and techniques of terrestrial escape. But I want to focus on this one section where it talks about the brain types and then specifically the spirit reception series. 
And so we jump ahead to section five. And this again is paper 49, section five, and then paragraph 19. Number three, the spirit reception series. There are three groups of mind design as related to contact with spirit affairs. This classification does not refer to the one, two, and three-brained orders of mortals. It refers primarily to gland chemistry, more particularly to the organization of certain glands comparable to the pituitary, pituitary bodies, pituitary bodies. The races on some worlds have one gland, on others two, as do Urantians, while on still other spheres the races have three of these unique bodies. The inherent imagination and spiritual receptivity is definitely influenced by this differential chemical endowment. So they're specifically saying that these pituitary glands do affect our imagination and even our spirit receptivity. So this gland is involved in the process of when you pray, when you meditate, when you worship, when you are altruistically serving others, when you're in that divine presence, your mind is centered on God. There's a gland involved in that process that makes that process possible because it bridges the human mind with a divine endowment through a chemical reaction. And it it seems, seems to me that that chemical reaction is instigated by the will of the host, not the will of the adjuster, but the will of the person. It goes on to say, of the spirit reception type, 65% are of the second group, like the Arantia races. So most evolutionary world creatures, 65, a majority percent, are part of that second group. 12% are of the first type, naturally less receptive while 23% are more spiritually inclined during terrestrial life. But such distinctions do not survive natural death. All of these racial differences pertain only to the life in the flesh. So they're saying that the glands that we have inherited in our evolutionary design uh, offer us the ability to be spiritual. And on other worlds, people are more spiritual because they have three brains, uh, hemispheres, and they're more spiritually inclined. And they probably would, would advance faster, I would think. Uh, but it is interesting, isn't it, to have that idea of a gland inside of your brain that sponsors your imagination and sponsors your spiritual desire? And it's interesting because I, I got curious and I went over and I said, well, let's, what do we know about the pineal gland here? And it's fascinating. The pineal gland or conarium or the epiphysis cerebri. Epiphysis. Have you ever had an epiphany? I wonder if that's a root word. The epiphysis cerebri is a small endocrine gland in the brain of most vertebrates. The pineal gland produces melatonin, a serotonin-derived hormone which modulates sleep patterns in both circadian and seasonal cycles. The shape of the gland resembles a pine cone, which gives it, it its name. The pineal gland is located in the epithalamus, near the center of the brain, between the two hemispheres, tucked in a groove 
where the two halves of the thalamus join. So see, we're two halves, two-brained. The pineal gland is one of the, uh, I'll have some problems with this, but neuroendocrine secretory circumventricular organs in which capillaries are mostly permeable to salutes in the blood. Nearly all vertebrate species possess a pineal gland, which would make sense because all brains of evolutionary world mammals and creatures are reactive to the thought adjusters because we know that there are seven spirit adjutants and we know that they are, of course, what I, what I call them the T-proof, the spirit adjutants that actually make all uh, creatures, whether they're ants, whether they're birds, whether they're humans, and there's certain spirit receptive types that we've learned about in other. So there's the spirit of intuition, you, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of cooperation, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of worship, and the spirit of wisdom. And these are the seven adjutant spirits that reside in every living being. And that is also where the pineal gland comes into play. Isn't that interesting? So we have this, a specific reference to the fact that in our pineal gland is where our spiritual life is actually taking place. Now that has to make you think about that. And then also considering now that you're not alone in the universe, isn't that a spectacular revelation? And that, my friend, is why we do these podcasts, because the Arantia book is a revelation of new truth. And every day there is another nugget to be dis discovered, another concept to put your mind around, and it just becomes a beautiful thing. So I want to thank you for stopping by this bonus episode of the Arantia Radio podcast uh, as we take a look at the inner citadel of the mind. Don't forget to follow us at Arantia Radio. And we'll see you next time.